Hello, everybody. Hello, John. Are you there? You there, aren't you? I am. I am here. Okay, cool. <laughs> Me too, as it happens. Um, <laughs> so, how you been? Good? I've been good, yeah. Yeah, it's sunny here in Cornwall, which uh, always makes uh, makes it makes well makes the day better because mm-hmm. uh, blue skies, sunny, and uh, spent most of the morning reading with, for pleasure, which is something I don't often get a chance to do. So, what'd you read? Uh, what, what were you reading? Uh, I'm actually reading a book by Andrew Holleran uh, called um, "Nights in Aruba," and it's um, it's six, uh, I believe it was published in the '80s, actually. Um, but, um, I've not read much of his stuff, but he wrote a, a book called, um, Dancer from the Dance, which was a very popular, which was kind of one of those really important sort of like 1970s, like, um, LGBT books. And he's gone on to do other, other stuff, but, uh, Nights at Aruba is his, um, I think it's his second book, but, um, yeah, it sort of takes you back to New York in the, between New York in the seventies and I think Aruba in the fifth. Uh, late 50s early 60s it sort of goes from his childhood to his adult you know sort of flashbacks mm. uh, yeah, yeah really really good but just one of those books that you know once you sit down you just kind of i found myself this morning drinking coffee and laying on the sofa and then three hours went by and it was really really nice so yeah, yeah cool i just started reading uh, lovecraft country and there's going to be a movie coming out i think it's being produced by jordan peele who did get out and us yes um, yes yeah. He's also like a, a comedian, obviously, but uh, now he's a filmmaker, I guess. Yeah, that, that's an interesting choice for him to do that, given Lovecraft's also like, um, you know, it's, it's always been a very controversy over his sort of like, uh, you know, the sort of race, the sort of racism in some of his stories. <laughs> yeah, to... I mean, I don't I think that the, he's definitely racist because like there's um, like actual evidence, not evidence is uh, proof, uh, which is the best yeah. kind of evidence you can have. Um, yeah. so there's proof of him like writing letters and stuff about you know segregation and other kinds of shit and like he was definitely not uh, yeah he was racist I mean there's no other way to say yeah. it <laughs> there, I, bet, I think yeah. the, the controversy comes from the fact uh, that or the question that people have is like can we are we allowed to enjoy his stories even though he's racist and also the other question of like um should we go back and revise it or like, I mean, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think that it's important to think about it. And like, actually they go into that in, in the, in the book very early on. And so the, the three main characters, and I'm not going to spoil too much of it. I'll just say that the three main characters, um, or I should say the two main characters and one who I have yet to meet, uh, who's only being talked about in, in the beginning. Uh, he, um, these three guys are readers, you know, and they all have their particular genres. The two of the characters, one of them uh, likes uh, horror, like Lovecraft, and uh, the other one is more into, like, sci-fi, like Ray Bradbury. And right. so they know their shit, you know. And um, yeah. and it's, it's two uh, black guys. Two, I mean, it's a whole black family. It's a whole family um, oh, right. that, you know, and the father, well, now I'm getting too, too deep into it, but the point is, is uh, they mention it, and it's like, it's amazing. I really love the way it's being treated in, in this book. It's n- not, um, it's, it's like touching on every topic, like including yeah. what you said. And I think it really makes a case that, you know, for the kind of things that we always talk about nowadays, it's like, are you allowed to enjoy 
movies, you know, that starred rapists and shit like that. I mean, oh yeah, of course. obviously, yeah. it's a that's yeah. And I'm the first to admit to say that I don't I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But I mean, in, no. inevitably, we are watching some movies with some rapists, and oh, of course, yeah. of course, it's a no. terrible thing. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I don't know. Have you watched it? The, there's a on Netflix. There's that a new Ryan Murphy Hollywood program, hmm. and um, uh, yes, uh, I don't know if you watched any of it, but uh, I've not. I've only watched a couple of epi- the first episode. I think it was, uh, but I was reading uh, that again. Uh, there's been a sort of little bit of a controversy over the fact that he sort of um, uh, they sort of revise a little bit of the sort of um, history there in terms of how minorities were treated at the time and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think one of the writers actually came out and said that they were doing it as a revisionist thing and that this is what this is what Hollywood could have been. And of course, there was a bit of a backlash. Uh, so, no, uh, well, I was saying about um, the, uh, the the Ryan Murphy Hollywood program. Right, right. And uh, how there's I've only watched, uh, I think, the first two episodes, but there's apparently some sort of um, Hollywood revision and revisionist going on in there. um, Like it's gotten some criticism over, um, you know, uh, minorities being portrayed a little bit uh, with a little bit more access that they would have had at at the time. And uh, one of the writers said that, you know, there was a that they wanted to, to show Hollywood as it could have been mm. as opposed to how it is. Mm. And of course, obviously, that prompted a bit of a backlash mm. because, um, you know, uh, I mean, strictly from a for me, from a writing point of view, uh, one of the things that always kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, takes me out of a story is if I'm reading something and I know that they're not using language of the times, you know. So if they use some, if they use a term that's that I know is more modern, but the story is set twenty years ago, it kind of goes, huh? You know, we wouldn't mm. have had that language um, then, or we would have used that language. And so um, it's one of the things that, for me, stands out quite a bit. Mm. Uh, and so I don't know. I suppose uh, I tend to, as 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 uncomfortable as language can be, there's also. Uh, an authenticity to to use it properly, if we ask, um, to reflect the times, and also, mm. and I also see that, that that that's also a marker as to how much we've progressed. That you know, those terms, those that words aren't, we don't use them in the same way anymore. Mm. Um, that's inter- interesting. Yeah. That's a very complicated topic. Uh, uh, it is I very like complicated. I like it though. <laughs> you know, because I, I mean, even like. Uh, in terms of you know, with with some of the some of the stuff that I write, you know, in terms of uh, you know, with within with, within the gay community, it's like you know, there's there's terms that we've you know would have used 20 years ago mm-hmm. that we would tend necessarily use today, mm-hmm. or vice uh, versa, for, and you know, for a very obvious um, and very positive reasons, we don't use them today. But you know, you can't go back and erase every part of history because i think that is also it it, it you then take away from um uh, the the charting the evolution of language you know you know and and how societal um attitudes change and you know, i think that they're very very important um in terms of pres- preserving um just not using those terms just because you like using those terms if that makes yeah. you know <laughs> yeah for sure i mean um I don't have any examples of that. I'm sure we can come up with some, uh, but you just gave, uh, 
I, I think in both of the books that we're reading, uh, uh, probably we can find something like this. But I think it's interesting. How do you, um, in your writing, like for me, I'll say a little bit about mine, j just because I... I find that to be one. It's an extremely daunting task to actually accu accurately re represent any period. And for me, it is a, a daunting task. Um, I can use my memories, like how we, you, you were talking about in the last uh, episode. I can use my memories to sort of try to be more or less accurate. But then again, yeah. um, I also even stray away from the um writing about things or writing stories that require that accuracy so i sort of that that's why i guess i've always you know kind of leaned towards science fiction i yeah. I, I still consider myself more of a horror writer which can yeah. be very unrealistic or can be quite realistic um but in terms of like accuracy i always try to leave myself the space to be able to um use almost like any kind of language that i that i feel yeah. in the story needs for example setting it 50 years into the future or 100 years into the future where i can simply say 100 years in the future the world is almost exactly the way it is now and only this or this has changed and this, and and of course, I'm not going to mention every single change in the language. So it's like you get a free pass if you just, yeah, the, yeah. But that's maybe I'm lazy or whatever. But I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what about you? I mean, your, you know, your book that you know the book that I read, Lose Outing, was obviously it's set in New York, so it's got to yeah. be. But what about your other? Do you do you ever write, um, let's say, things that don't, you know, pieces that don't require this authenticity? Um, I don't know, actually, I to think about, I mean, I tend to, um, uh, I don't think, I, I think I try in my writing to always, um, you know, use as much, um, accuracy in terms of language as I can. So for example, if my car, if I'm writing a character that's, um, let's say from London, you know, I, uh, having lived in London for 11 years and also being, you know, married to to a Brit, you know, you there's a certain way that uh, Londoners would speak that, that are different from, let's say, the way um, a uh, a New Yorker would speak. Um, but I mean, and so in terms of the dialogue and stuff like that, I would I would make sure that I wouldn't use the sort of American words for how they would convey their that character would speak. Um, and um, I was reading actually on one of these forums that I'm on how, you know, like even in terms of English, how some like uh, British writers who tried to sell in America, for example, have had their books changed from, you know, British English to American English because, you know, it would sell better. And I, I, I kind of give my reader a little bit more credit than that. <laughs> I think that we can you know that 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 a reader should be smart enough to kind of pick up a book and say okay this person was born in london so therefore you know you have these associations of what they might say what kind of terms they might use i don't think we need to kind of translate that into american english you know um okay. so um i and because i tend to write you know my my stories tend to you know um are set in various places not just new york i do have stories that are set in in berlin and sets in in london uh and the and the west coast of the u.s um i try to convey that as best as i can because also to be part of that uh, creating that mood creating that um setting of you know 
I, I have this, you know, I'm, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, it's like one of my, one of my things when I read uh, that influences my writing is that I don't like to be taken out of a story. So if, um, if I'm reading a book and let's say it's set in a particular time, I like to really sort of, you know, sink into that time. And if something takes me out of that time, then that's usually when I put the book down. And if I put the book down, that means that, that something's, you know, it's not flowing. Mm. So I, I try to remember that when I write and, and hopefully convey that so that, you know, when someone reads something that I write, they're able to stay within the story. Mm. Um, and I do think in that respect that um, probably that, that sort of authentic you know that sort of authenticity that detail uh becomes then important it can be it can't i mean don't get me wrong it can be really really i, I could pull my hair out sometimes when i'm searching for something because you know i've i've lived in the last 20 years i've lived in four different countries and uh you know i i speak more than one language and so even on a day-to-day -day basis um i generally just choose whatever word if i'm just speaking to to my husband i generally choose whatever word comes to mind and that could be in spanish that could be in german that could be you know that could be in english um it could be in spanglish for all you know mm. so sometimes when i'm writing i have to kind of take myself out and go did did I, uh, is, is that really a term that we used to use in New York in the 20s? I need to ask somebody just to make sure, you know. So again, you know, memories can sometimes, you know, play tricks on you because you get to a certain age and everything starts to meld into one in your head, I think. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like I like that you said that it's your memory that plays tricks on you. And mm. so I feel like this is a, a thing that I get sucked into when I'm writing as well. But I, I try to... Maybe I'm lazy, but I, I I try to find the path of least resistance. So instead of letting my memory trick me, I try to trick not necessarily the reader. I mean, in the end, I guess I'm trying to. No, I don't actually try to trick the reader because I, I still try. To, I'm I'm still being honest with the reader. But let's say I'm writing a story about, um, uh, let's say Shanghai in China. Yeah. Right. I've never been there. I've and let's yeah. say I had to write this fictional story like right now. It was on a deadline, mm -hmm. it's due tomorrow or whatever. And maybe my internet is out or what, let's just say I have no ability to do the research right now because I have to write it really fast. There's a way of writing that I that I have sort of um, adopted. It's like I try to con come up with a narrator who's not myself but is somebody who has um, knowledge of the, the place, let's say Shanghai, yeah. but, but they know that they're writing for someone let's say that the, the narrator is actually writing or let's say that they're also just speaking in an interview or whatever it is, whatever the frame is. I yeah. I would say that this guy is speaking to an audience uh, who he knows doesn't know anything about Shanghai. So he he, yeah. he does sort of um, speak in, in, in uh, general terms. Like he won't refer to this particular neighborhood that nobody has any clue about right. not nobody not the readers because the readers could know about shanghai he would me as the writer i would never know who's reading what but um the person who i'm writing about knows who he's talking to or you know and so basically he or you know through that understanding of, or through my creation of this character who has this particular audience He's using a yeah. sort of a, a, a stripped down language, you know, it's, and, and, and you can even get like sort of meta about it and, and be like, you know, you know, these 
you know, he might even mention, you guys don't know shit about Shanghai. Why are you asking me this question? You know, yeah. and he just goes into the, why, whatever reason he's got for telling the story. He tells it in these stripped down terms, but I still disagree with this whole idea of these, these publishers changing, especially within one language is English. Right. So yeah. I think that, like, listen, man. If if there's a Scottish guy, he's in the, you know Scottish character, and like he's like one of these old Scottish dudes. It's possible that you know every single person, except for people from that one town, are gonna they're not gonna know what he's talking about if it's so authentic that they get it spot on. You know, it's like. Well, to to be fair, have you read Train Spotting? Irving Welsh uses a lot of um, you know Glaswegian dialect in his, and it's really difficult to yeah. to read. You really have to get into a mindset. I mean, it's brilliant, but if you're not in the mindset to read it, um, you know, it's, it can be really, um, uh, you know, <laughs> difficult to, to read. And I know, um, there's a, there's this, you know, you, you get that as well. Like, I mean, I think one of the things that, that I, I, I do particularly with, with Lou's outing and, and also the store, the stories associated with him is that obviously, you know, his mother is, um, Puerto Rican. And so because of that, she, you know, she's, she, she constantly uses Spanglish, you know, she constantly goes between Spanish and English in the, um, or she'll just talk to him in Spanish and, you know, sort of incorporating that because, um, you know, and, and, you know, and doing that in a way that, 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 that still re, you know, uh, reads well for someone who doesn't know the language, but just but gives that element of character because, um, as, as, as you know, being a, a New Yorker as well and, um, you know, how many of us who grew up sort of first generation did have that, um, you know, uh, multi, you know, that bilingual household in which, you know, at times you would end up, you know, mixing the, the two would mix the two languages would mix, you know, um, you see that. I mean, I went, I went to high school in a predominantly Italian neighborhood. So you used to see that as well with the, with, with the Italian kids as well, mm. where, you know, they would uh, you know, punctuate, you know, English with, the Italian words that they that their parents would have used. This was in the Bronx, right? Yeah. This was in the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think when you yes. were growing up, there was a lot, lot, lot of um, still Italian immigrants. Uh, uh, I mean, that's the Bronx is where I was born, and the reason I was born there was because my father had originally lived there when he first arrived in where did he live? in New York. Oh man, shit! That's a really good question. I want to yeah. say. Possibly near Arthur Avenue, something like that. Uh, Little Italy. That's not too far from where I grew yeah. up. I can also tell you the the street that my parents lived on when they got married, and pretty much was like. Uh, I lost you first... there. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Hello, hello. Yeah, I lost you there. Yeah. <laughs> As I was saying, um, hopefully we don't get too bad of a connection we're having connection problems there people um anyway as i was saying the uh street that i that like my parents lived in was uh, on carney avenue k-e-a-r-n-e-y avenue and i think it was like one yeah. one two three eight something like that carney avenue it was you know like sort of i guess possibly near a big road possibly like yeah. a, a ramp to the highway some shit like that but yeah i never really Got into, but yeah. Anyway, how did we get on the topic of where my parents live? That's weird. Uh, oh, we're Bronx. talking about ah, uh, yeah, it. the bilingual yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that authenticity is uh, is, is obviously enriches the story. I think in your story, you also said, um, "Oh, you know, I was having a conversation with so and such and such character, um, and 
she said to me something in Spanish or something. You didn't always yeah, put everything uh, that the person said in quotes, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, um, she, you know, my, I mean, my, you know, you know, she, his mother, you know, speaks as sort of, you know, both. So she'll say both English and, you know, like, uh, um, you know, for example, like, you know, she always refers to him as mijo, you know, which is, you know, a very affectionate term that a mother would use for their child, which is basically, you know, so everything always for him is like mijo or mira, you know, this, mira, look at this, which is a very, very sort of like ordinary yeah. thing to say, which yeah. is, which is, you know, which if you translate it, is mira, look, 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 you know, it's, it's so like probably one of the first Spanish words I ever learned. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone in New York knows this word, I think. Uh, yeah so you know um so yeah so there's there's that and it, and it just you know for, for for that particular character it just wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for her to just only use english because it's not it's you know part of her identity is that you know that sort of having moved to new york and you know having a life there so she and i and i think for particularly at that time as you were saying i think um you know in the there's a lot of lot of uh, people my age who you know and I'm 43 whose parent who at least one of their parents came from somewhere else mm. so we sort of at least on one level you know first generation um uh new yorkers mm. and so you still grew up with that tie i mean in- interestingly enough is that like my my nieces and my nephews now uh they don't speak any spanish and most mm. of you know and i so, noticed that, that that generation after um, has uh, has spoken less, speaks less foreign languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, to be fair, in my, in my house there just wasn't an option. You know, my uh, you know my mother's my mother was stubborn and she spoke English perfectly. Don't get me wrong, she just didn't like it yeah. because um, people often made fun of her accent mm-hmm. when she spoke. Um, you know, often even friends would be like, my mother would ask them like, oh, do you want something to drink? And she'd ask them in English, and they were like, well, what did she say? I said she's speaking in English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, there was um, so so for for you know going back to that sort of um, putting it into a context at the time, that's how uh, that was common at the time, and so it was important to, to preserve that. Yeah, I like. I mean, I, I like this topic for sure, um, and I think also what I, I like is uh, sharing like what books that we've read. Um, so this is a, this is a good topic we can come back to for sure. Um, what, what do you think about like talking about a prompt that we can do for possibly next week uh, for the next we can yeah. show them on present them on the next show? Yeah, definitely. Um, do you still want what, what you want to keep it in New York or do you want to go uh, somewhere else? Nah, let's do something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that actually the thing about the St. Mark's um, prompt was uh, which was really cool was you know it was it was about that uh particular place and we were both going for a sense of authenticity um we can maybe even build off that and try to figure out a prompt that still incorporates that or goes away from that or or whatever um so yeah i don't know i was thinking earlier today um that maybe we can try something like if there was a story that i could write that i never would write like for example oof i don't know um, you know, without obviously, well, I don't know. I really can't think of a good prompt right off the top of my head, but maybe something that goes out of our comfort zone is what I'm thinking. Or I don't know. What do you think? You have any idea? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, things, 
things that I certainly haven't haven't written is like I've never written anything sort of like crime or a mystery mm. or anything along that that you know uh, that line. So I don't tend to write anything that's too violent, um, which you know, um, and um, certainly never been good at sort of fairy tales mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, I could probably do cheesy romance, but that would that would probably make. Well, we also have to true. like enjoy like something not <laughs> not not just for the sake of going out of our comfort zone, but like something that we would want to, but otherwise wouldn't. Like this is an opportunity for us to, you know, yeah, I don't know, do something weird and different, or I don't know. Yeah, wish I could think of a better prompt than that, more specific. Um, we can also like ask it later uh, on social media or something. For people to tell us what to write about, that'd be cool. But let's try to figure something that'd out be... for ourselves. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, do, do you want to? So, do you want to choose a place or just a prompt? Uh, let's go with the prompt. I don't know. Yeah, let's do that. Do you have an idea? So, you know, well, as a. Uh, maybe a place <laughs> is better. Maybe a place is better. I don't know. Let's say, since you mentioned London, fuck it. Let's yeah. do London. You want to do London? Let's do London. Do you know I, London I, do, I do not sh- know shit about London. I've been there. I've watched movies that where it's set in London, but I well, again, but I think uh, I can work my way around that. Uh, All right. So yeah, and let's like also keep in mind. Uh, okay. It, you I know, mean, and, uh, and yeah, go ahead. London's good, and I'll do, and I'll even go out of my comfort zone. I'll go with something. You know, I don't normally write very, very dark stuff, oh. but I, I think I'll attempt to write something a bit darker. Okay. You know, um, that's that's okay. definitely out of. Okay, I'm not going to promise anything like that. I don't know if I can go uh, to a, like a different genre. I mean, I, I do try <laughs> to do a lot of different genres, but they all tend to have something dark in it. So I don't know if I can take yeah, the darkness out of it. It says your challenge a happy, your challenge something happy and light. <laughs> I mean, I always try to keep a little bit of hope in my stories, but you know, like, there's always a little bit of hope within the darkness, you know. No, I don't know. But yeah, okay, let's at least have it be about London, and then any other like tweaks that we do to it, we can talk about that. You know, like what we did, and and you know, if we want to talk again about authenticity, because like I said, I really like that topic because it's something that I have struggled with. You know, like I love to write about such a wide variety of things and, and and i've written so much about like new england and i don't know shit about new yeah. england but i'm i love this and it, this comes from a little bit from lovecraft and stephen king and um poe you know that is such a mysterious place it's like very almost gothic in a way american well gothic. yeah yeah, absolutely. You know, funny enough, I I grew up just not but basically like down the road from Poe Cottage. Oh and yeah, yeah, so it was a place. Yeah. And it was one of my favorite places as a kid to to go visit Ooh. and I, I I used to go so often that uh, off the the person who would uh you know who was there, you know, taking the tickets would often just like let me just kind of go through cuz I was just this little kid who would go and sit go and walk around this little you know, cottage and stuff like that. And um, it was probably like, uh, as a kid, probably one of my first instances of um, really kind of um, like feeling like that was the direction I wanted to go in my life, like with writing, you know, in that in that respects was, you know, being a kid and knowing that this poet, you know, was living here, you know, lived here and 
and how important it was, but not really knowing much else about it. Uh, as I was saying, you know, uh, with with uh, Poe, um, that was, you know, probably one of the first instances as a kid. I remember, you know, knowing that I wanted, you know, that, that this person was important and I wanted to be a writer and all that stuff, but didn't really understand what that all meant. Mm. You know, but I knew that it was, you know, there's when I look back on it now, there's something like really, I don't know, kind of cool that you realize that, you know, growing up in the Bronx, you kind of grew up just a block block away from Poe Cottage and this is someone who you know later on would I would read more extensively and is and you know you'd you'd know how important his work would would become mm. um so yeah that's yeah. that's I mean fucking Adrian Brody man grew up in the same neighborhood as me it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously he's not Poe but you know I, I no, I'm just I'm just kidding, of course. Um, all right, cool. So let's let's do London. I think um, now that you're mentioning all these, all, like, or at least um, Poe, or you know, that I mentioned it. But the point is, is um, maybe we can even start doing like prompts that have to do with uh, um, different authors. Uh, I, last night I watched the the Limehouse Golem. Oh, I really enjoyed that film. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can also talk about movies, I guess. It's, there's yeah. writing in that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Cool. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you know, and films, films are to me like I, you know, they're sort of, I mean, music, films, and books. Those are the three things that I absolutely mm. love, you know, in terms of mediums and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, you know, when it comes to, if I'm not reading, I'm usually watching something anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I, I you know, I was a blockbuster generation. So, <laughs> if you remember yeah, blockbuster, still, yeah, of course. I, I used to work at Blockbuster. Uh, that's another story, though. Um, actually, I still say uh, to to my wife today. I just said it today, like literally today. Uh, I said to her, I was like, um, "You still want to get a movie? Like, you still want to watch a movie on Netflix?" I was like, "You still want to get a movie?" And I was like, "Why did I say that? <laughs> it's so weird." But you still have video shops in Berlin. No, no, no. But like, I was literally, I was, I was talking about Netflix, like watching a movie on Netflix. <laughs> but instead, instead of saying, "Do you still want to watch a movie on Netflix?" I said, "Do you still want to get a movie?" Oh, I totally get that. Get a movie. It took me a long time, even here, to, uh, you know, as, as you'd say, in New York. It's like, do you want to go to the movies? Mm. And um, here, obviously, they use cinema. Mm. So it's a term. So mm. you would get a cinema, and. Um, I sort of like trained myself to, to use that term. And then when I was back in New York, you know, obviously, you know, friends start, start to, you know, uh, yeah, taking the piss know. out of you when you to look at a cinema. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Um, I think we have uh, a lot of material to work on and talk about in the next episode. So just want to say thanks again, man. I uh, really love these sessions that we've been doing and I keep, you know, hopefully we keep doing them every week. Sorry about, sorry about being late. Uh, we were supposed to do this yesterday. Sorry about that again. Ah, uh, no worries. It happens. It happens. Okay, uh, no, thank you. You know, really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff to work to work with, and hopefully, people find it interesting and certainly interesting for me to hear more of uh, of, of your uh, of the things that inspire you and the things that uh, how you work through your process. And it's it's fun to share, you know, stuff from myself because it makes you realize as you're sort of saying this stuff. You can think, do I really think that through? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really think it's a good, uh, I think it's important. And um, yeah, we're doing some good stuff here. I think people will find it entertaining. So 
Let's keep going, man. All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. That was the episode for today. And, yeah, goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye from Cornwall. Ciao. <laughs>